Hello and welcome to another episode of Masala Zindabad, the podcast that ought to have been a book. This is Amrita from Indie Quill. And this is Beth from Beth Loves Bollywood. Today, we're going to be talking about the movies of 2010, What the Frack. And we've brought in our friend Samrat Sharma of the blog of the name, and also known to readers of my blog as my friend Samrat, who I refer to all the time. We are going to go through some of the films of the year, sort of type by type, and share our thoughts on the ones that stood out and the ones that didn't. Think first on our list is the comedies of 2010. On our list are Houseful, Action Replay, No Problem, and Gomal 3. Who has something to say about those comedies? I, I have something very nice to say about that list. I, I think it's brilliant that Amrit has put them in quotes, which, you know, obviously listeners can't see right now, but people, please draw your own air quotes when you listen comedies, because none of these were funny. <laughs> The problem with Hindi comedies, I think, is that all the actors, the moment they sign on to a Hindi comedy film, seem to suddenly think, oh yeah, this is comedy, I must be funny. And then they just come out of the screen and you're just like, what is that? I don't get it. Like, you're not funny. Just the trailers alone for these movies, you know, Golmal 3 or Houseful or No Problem, you know, the flatulent gorilla in No Problem and stuff like that. It's just Uh, the moment I saw it, I didn't want to see it anymore. Yeah, you're right. So, uh, Kishore Kumar had this Gene Kelly thing going on when he used to do films and, you know, it was the physicality of it that kind of works for the time. Unfortunately, people like Akshay Kumar, I think, have this Adam Sandler thing going on right now. And, you know, we all don't like Adam Sandler, do we? Well, we liked him on Saturday Night Live, but... (laughs) I actually think Akshay would be good if he could somehow... um, I've been saying this for years now, but if he could somehow find a way to... Use his powers for good. Just do skits or something, (laughs) you know, like a Monty Python movie. Although, you know, let's aim our sights a little lower... But, you know, something that would use, because I think that's what most of his movies are. They're just basically a bunch of skits that are strung together by this plot that makes no sense. I saw two of these movies because they, you know, they showed up in my town. So I went to see them. And Houseful was just unspeakably awful. And it was. It was this collection of little skits and sort of half-formed ideas or ideas that were way over-formed, like vacuuming up a parrot. And I'm Uh, I'm so disappointed in Science It's Con. So I didn't see this, but... I saw the three fathers, the baby, hey baby. And I was I was hopeful because Sajid Khan can be a really engaging, genuinely interesting comedian. He's talking about current stuff and he's he's doing that, what Amrita was just talking about. He's doing current pastiches, which is awesome. But then he did this film, which was so generic. And it started off with a poop joke. Uh, Akshay Kumar gets like a face full of poop when, the, when someone throws a diaper or something. It's absolutely horrible. I have to say the reason why I was hopeful for Sajid Khan because I've seen interviews of him and Farah Khan together they're hilarious when they're together and they're discussing the movies of their childhood and the really bad dialogues and I always thought that if Sajid Khan ever made a movie he would somehow refer back to those and would be I don't know like the kind of things that you get to hear among Bollywood bloggers I think when people are talking about the epic fail movies but instead he just you know it was movie making by the numbers not funny not clever let's talk about another one of there's another category that completely drives me insane. The romantics. Movies like I Hate Love Stories, Aisha, Anjana Anjani. What is your favorite rom-com of the year? 
Samrat. Banned by the Bharat, hands down. I'm just coming from it, so I realize I might be in a bit of a buzz and I might change my mind in a week. But at the moment, this year's, hands down, it's in this year's top five. It was genuinely engaging. It had characters that were not caricatures. I think I read somewhere on some other blog, so I can't take credit for it, but they were saying that these days, romantic comedies kind of sort of have to have these characters who might as well have post-its stuck on their heads to describe what characters they are. This film had real relatable character. The direction was spot on. It was a gently made, very nice film. I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I completely agree. You know, it was nice to see something that wasn't about a rich Bombay kid who, the man child who doesn't know what to do with his life. And then he has this girlfriend who's super ambitious and is on her way to, I don't know, New York or Australia or something. And then he whines about it all the time. And then finally, they apparently fall in love, which is a matter of them sort of sitting around and being completely without chemistry whereas in Ban Baja Bharat you actually saw a couple of real people coming together and having they actually had a plan they had problems they found a way to navigate beyond them and they had real conversations I mean Anushka Sharma we didn't even discuss her earlier you know in our last uh, Bollywood actresses segment we didn't even remember that she existed when we were talking about her because she flies so much under the radar but she's actually what this is like the third movie of hers that I've seen she really sold her character and you know the funny thing about the male lead in that movie is that he kind of reminds me of what I want Ranbir Kapoor to be like every time I see Ranbir Kapoor on screen I'm like well if only he was I don't know a little bit more and then I see this guy and he's like well yeah this is what I kind of want to see every time I see Ranbir Kapoor which is too bad Ranbir. I've only seen Anjana Anjani so far and I went to that not knowing a thing about it. I mean literally nothing except what the poster looked like and I I really liked it because I thought it was kind of clean and fresh. I don't recommend that anyone you know run out and rent it and I'm not gonna rewatch it but I don't know that movie made a lot of sense to me because if I recall the characters are supposed to have spent most of their lives in the United States and they acted like it so it wasn't just that the United States was this backdrop for big cars or you know some kind of flashy job or a way to have you know cultural conflict plotline it just it felt almost like it was kind of like they had made an extended episode of friends or something and for some reason that worked for me to see on a saturday afternoon you know but i'm not gonna say it's a great film but i really i thought it was pretty clean and uncomplicated in a way that appealed to me and they they made good use of some of the american landscape and sort of cityscapes in a way that i don't think i've seen hindi films do particularly although i have not seen kites and i know that was filmed in some sort of similar regions of the u.s Maybe if you're not American, it doesn't even matter any of this stuff. But as a as a viewer who kind of is sensitive to some of those things, just because they're you know, you're messing in my with my culture this time, it's really interesting to see to see it done a little more simply. I liked that. I thought it translated well. I think I might have liked it better if it hadn't been if it hadn't fit in so perfectly with the rest of the movies on that list. I mean, as I said earlier, you know, they've just been making the same movies over and over and over again, starring the same people. How about kites? Did either of you see kites? I saw kites. No. I actually so I got the DVD from a friend. I popped it in. I got I opened my bottle of wine. I I'd heard bad things, but I thought you know it's shot well. It's it looks interesting. I finished it in I think 40 minutes. I was fast forwarding through the entire. Film. <laughs> it looks brilliant. The DP on that movie I just deserves an award this year. It looks absolutely amazing. But there's nothing of substance in there. It's absolutely just full of nothingness. 
Yes. The leads weren't likable. They were not doing anything interesting. And for the longest time, nothing was happening in the movie. I gave up. Again, I thought it was very pretty. And I thought Hrithik was very pretty in it as well. If I think if I had a glass of wine and I had mostly naked Hrithik being beautiful, <laughs> I might have had a better time of it. But unfortunately, I saw it in the theater because I'm an idiot like that. And it just, you know, when will this torture end? And I can't ever leave things halfway through. I have to see things all the way to the end it's you know it's a mental problem so i had to sit there of course and there were all these aunties sitting over there and going like oh isn't he so beautiful and i'm just sitting there <laughs> thinking kill me now because there isn't enough beauty in this world to make me like that movie and the only thing well, i say about the film itself is that i listened to part of the soundtrack and the first song that i listened to was the one where critics sings wow <laughs> it was so bad <laughs> So, two people who, who should never sing, and yet they sing amazingly, uh, Rizzi Crossan and Pierce Brosnan. One thing I found interesting about Kites, though, was it had so many good actors in it. That girl, Barbara Mori, she was she was good. She's charismatic, she was acting well, she had no lines to speak of. She had absolutely the worst lines. Uh, there was Kabir Bedi in it. Then there's Rizzi Crossan, who's, you know, despite his Jesus complex, he's, he's okay. Talking about Jesus complexes, how about Guzarish? Okay, okay. So you're on a desert island. Which of those are you going to see? Gozarish. Hands down. I was. I do want to watch Gozarish as much as I dislike Sanjali Levansali. I genuinely think he's a director trying to say something. He may not agree with me. He may not say it in the best way possible. He may dress whatever he's saying in video game colors. But he's, you know, he's he's better than Anis Bazmi, who's not trying to say anything. He's just trying to make a flatulent gorilla. Again, I thought it was beautifully shot. You know, I was watching the Hollywood reporters actors roundtable and Robert Duvall said that whenever actors think about great movies what they remember are certain moments you know when they're talking about other great actors they say you know he had great moments or he had good moments and I immediately thought about Guzarish because in its entirety I think it's a mess I mean there were definite problems with it and the problems are entirely Sanjay Leela Bansali it's the same thing that you see in all of his movies I think a certain indulgence a self-indulgence that sort of ruins everything that he touches but he does have an ability to create certain moments of intimacy and feeling and just great emotion that I don't think a great many directors in Bollywood today can are inclined to do much less actually can deliver and I have to say that I'm not sorry that I saw it and I would probably see it again if it came on TV or something how about the epic movies you've got a lot to say about Veer you, Beth? You know, that movie first came on my radar when you were talking about it a couple months before it came back and you were calling it <laughs> Mard of the New Millennium or something <laughs> like that. I just thought, well, I've got to see that. And that was pretty much all there was to it. So but I must still- interrupt you ladies right now because there will be no slander about Mard on, on a podcast <laughs> I'm a part of. I don't, I don't see why you're taking that as slander. Mard is awesome. Video is not. Yes, I think on so, his worst so day when Mohan Desai was hands down a better director than Anil Sharma. Oh, hands uh, down. I watched like the first 15 minutes of Veer and I couldn't make sense of it. Someone's hand got cut off but the way the <laughs> shots were linked together, I couldn't see whose. You know, until I saw Jackie Shroff later, like 20 years later and he had no hand. I'm like, oh, it was your hand, dude. You should have kind of screamed more. I love that you can, we can just describe this movie as, you know, and I didn't understand what was happening until <laughs> Jackie Shroff showed up 20 years later with a metal hand. That is piss poor filmmaking. So straining with 
effort, hot mess. But it's fun to go through it and just make a big list of all the crazy, horrible things that are going on. And I mean, that's like the flatulent gorilla, like the laughing gas of Houseful, they stuck a pineapple on somebody's butt. And just the, and the grunting with effort, you know, the strain of that movie is, you can just hear Salman Khan going, you know, like, will like my movie, stop, stop. How about the bung? You don't care for it, do you, Samrat? So I I thought, you know, the, the whole part where Salman Khan and he doesn't get along with his stepfather and yet he sticks around because his, his mom's there and, and the whole family drama thing, that wasn't that bad. But other than that, for a masala film, that film made no sense. In a masala film, it's generally, there's a bad guy who's really evil and there's a good guy who has shades of grey or whatever you want to call it and then they fight and then they have this epic fight in the end and, you know, good triumphs and so on. I couldn't place my hand on why Salman Khan's character in the bang has this bone to pick with Sonosu's character. They meet once and they don't hit it off particularly well. They kind of don't like each other at that moment, but no one does anything bad to the other guy for the longest time, and yet they just hate each other. I don't get it. I did not get it. For a masala film, the plot was stupid. One of the most more interesting things about the band of academic interest, really, is the, is the fact that they seem to embrace the filmmaking grammar of Telugu action films a whole lot. The overall filmmaking grammar and pacing of, of a Telugu film was, was in there. You could see it. And that's interesting because if they think that Telugu films are doing well for themselves and that sort of technology, that sort of filmmaking grammar must make its way to Bollywood, that's just interesting to see because this would be the point when they realize that that works too. I actually didn't have any problems with the bang as, as such because, again, my expectations were pretty low. But I definitely thought it was more of a Telugu masala movie than it was like a Hindi masala movie. And as such, I enjoyed it. Not enough to put up any kind of spirited defense of it. You know, if people don't like it, that's fine by me. But I think this is probably Salman Khan's sweet spot. Salman is such an interesting actor in that he's probably the only A-list Khan who's made so many B-list movies. Mm. I mean, that entire 90s, he just made the most terrible movies that were like South remakes that weren't really good South remakes. The most terrible movies that did really well simply because Salman Khan was in it. So as far as a cult of personality is concerned, he's probably the safest bet going in Bollywood right now. But I think this is about as much as Bollywood can handle at this moment because they've just consciously moved so far away from the movies of the 70s and 80s that I think at this point they need a new roadmap if they're trying to make that kind of movies again. And Telugu cinema is probably it. How about Rajneeti? Oh, I saw Rajneeti. A lot of people didn't seem to like it. But sure, yeah, I, I can see the problem with it. What I found interesting was, and this is probably because I consciously kind of avoided all sort of publicity around it. So I didn't realize walking into the film that it was an adaptation of Mahabharata mixed with a little bit of Godfather thrown in. I found that interesting. I, I've seen a Mahabharata adaptation that Sham Benegal did, which had Shashi Kapoor in it. So yay. Yes, we love that one. Which was very, very awesome film. This isn't that. This isn't no. that awesome. It isn't that film. But I thought they did. They went interesting places. I thought the film played to Ajitav Gun's 
strength, which is, you know, oh, brooding, sad it guy. Did. And it was one film where I did not mind Arjun Rampal. Also which true. Is, yes. So despite the problems with the film, I think the film had its own merits. It may not be the best this year, but it wasn't the most hideous, at least to me. I was actually one of the people that didn't care for it because to me, the reason why Kali Yoga is such a great movie is because it's a character study, which is kind of what makes the Mahabharat my favorite epic in so many ways. Whereas Rajneeti is more of a panoramic view of Indian politics and I feel that you know it need, it's trying to say multiple things at once through this construct and it kind of falls somewhere in, through the cracks I thought it was ambitious but it sort of got lost in its own ambition I thought the filmmakers were trying to make a realistic film but there was just too many murders for it to be realistic I love anything that is godfathery I mean and I did I did realize that I was watching this epic based work also but I just love the combination of family roles with this either business or politics or whatever mixed in with it. I think it, I just think it's like you're bound to do something good with that. I think that those are really good ingredients to start with. I really liked it. And I agree completely that it made good use of actors that I don't necessarily always like, like Arjun Rampal and Ajay Devgan. So yeah, I liked it. I liked the, the different, the way the different generations within the film behave. I liked the clash of idealism with, with dirty pragmatics and everything. Yeah, I liked it. Now, my name is Khan. Did you like it some lot? It- there are bits in My Name is Khan that I liked. There's this scene in the madrasa or I think it's a mosque or a madrasa where he just goes into offer prayers and there are some people kind of talking terroristy things in public which is, yeah, stupid. But then he subverts it with the true message behind that particular psalm or phrase or whatever they have in the Quran. It worked for me. I thought that scene, that particular scene, it showed why Shah Khan is one of our most beloved actors. He can carry a scene about stupid terrorists and message mongering by the good guys off he can carry that kind of scene off and he did the overall film i had big problems with the portrayal of america as this so black america is this really poor set in the 1700s you know the kind of language that they used to use in tom and jerry cartoons you know <laughs> yes sir i'm going to shine your shoes today it was so bad it was a horrible and, and the fact that he called a uh, little black kid with an afro funny hair Joel or Noel. Oh my god. <laughs> I was, dude, it's his hair, it grows. Yeah. So for film not about judging people, that film ostensibly judged America in a very harsh light. Because if it hadn't been about the message that it was trying to be about, it would still be laughable and, you know, if I cared to think about it much, offensive and just foolish and stupid. But it's just such a hypocritical... Those bits are the bits that track the movie down. Because if you think about it, that, that particular scene where he where they drive to Jimmy Shergill's house and kind of meet the sister-in-law and he comes in and he's talking to his brother. It's a nice moment and it's all sold by Shah Rukh Khan. Shah Rukh Khan is, I'm not a big fan but he can carry these things off. These really maudlin Karan Johar type moments. He makes them. No one else could have made any of these Karan Johar films work except Shah Rukh Khan. And somebody really needs to tell Karan Johar that football's not scary. I think he had some traumatic accident as a kid with a football. <laughs> this kid dies because yeah, they beat him up and then they hit him with a football. Oh no, he dies. The, the previous film that Karan Johar did, Rani Mukherjee picks up a football and hits Shah Rukh Khan with it and he gets hospitalized. Can I just say Freud is going to have a field day. I liked exactly one moment in My Name 
Genghis Khan, which is when he asks her to marry him and she finally says yes. And he has this sort of giggle and he looks away. That was like a really sweet moment. And I think Shah Rukh really killed that scene. But unfortunately, the majority of the movie was sort of Karan Johar railing against this terrible world that doesn't appreciate the golden hearts of our downtrod characters. and Which is a world he clearly doesn't even live in or visit. <laughs> Somebody told me that they most of that film was actually written by the writers were living in San Francisco at the time. I'm like, did they go outside ever? Because I don't think, I just, it has no, it, for it being so geopolitically, contextually driven, I can't believe I've used that phrase about a car and door film, they didn't pay any attention whatsoever. And like, there's this little, this is a tiny thing, but it just, to me, summed it all up. There's a scene where some sort of big white lug yells at the shopkeeper, mm-hmm. Packy. Americans don't call people Packy. I've never heard an American say that. That's a British thing. Like they didn't, they forgot which of his films they were in and thought they were still <laughs> London or something because it just doesn't make any sense. And I suspect if any just sort of random American person happened to walk in and see this film, they wouldn't even know what that meant. One of my friends, one of my very close friends visited Egypt around the time when this film had released and was, you know, we, we didn't like it. Some people liked it and so on. And she told me that in Egypt and Morocco and countries uh, nearing Palestine, so around the Middle East, but not exactly the middle of mm-hmm. Middle East. My Name is Khan was a huge hit. People were connecting with that film so much that it had become like, and people were writing editorials in, in newspapers about how that film was such a universal film and that people in Egypt and Morocco should be making movies like these and, and why Bollywood was one of the best film industries in the world. And, and she was quite aghast at what film they had chosen to do. <laughs> yeah. So I think some of the themes in that film probably are universal and that's why people kind of latched onto those themes. Okay, so moving on to Ravan. You liked it, Samrat. I did. I thought it had some really interesting things to say. The biggest, obviously, being that it kind of subverted the whole Ramayan story by just telling us that if a story is told from a different point of view, you kind of end up rooting for a different character, which, you know, universal truth. And I thought that was very interesting. It was well shot. It wasn't the best of films because I thought all his actors seemed to think they were in different films. Abhishek Bachchan was obviously acting in a very different film from Ashwara Rai, who was acting from a film from Vikram, and he was making a completely different film. So the tone wasn't consistent between their acting there, but I thought it was okay. Which one of them was in the actual film? Do you say, like, who's, of all those different styles that are going on, whose do you think made the most sense for this project? So I've seen both versions. To me, I'd say Vikram's tone was consistent in, in the Tamil one, where he plays Veera. I think his tone there was consistent with what the kind of film money that was trying to make. They weren't exactly doing bad jobs, you understand. They weren't in acting like Salman Khan and Veer. They were acting. They were genuinely acting. They were playing that character. They just weren't consistent with the tone of the film, the way the movie f- moved the characters didn't which was interesting because obviously it is the director's fault so it is a faulty film but still I thought he had some genuinely engaging things to say interesting things to say and he said them I thought it was a success on that on that level I wouldn't count it in my top five Money Ravan films but hey it, it was okay my overwhelming feeling when I saw Ravan was one of relief because over the past few years I thought that Money Ravan sort of settled into this middle of the road competent filmmaker groove 
out of which he he found it difficult to do anything different you know like guru for example it was a success but it was such a boring movie that could have been made by it anybody was. there wasn't anything exciting about it there wasn't anything that grabbed you as a viewer whereas in ravan for all its faults you saw somebody who was trying to do something trying to say something trying you know just plain trying and sort of cashing in his chips as a successful filmmaker which is something that always excites me something that i always want to see in the directors that i like yeah i enjoyed it i'm excited to see it because i agree with you about guru i didn't care for that movie very much but i'm excited overall to see a money rutman film and i like the people in it so story's good sign me up i don't think the tamil film is stronger than the hindi version because govinda did a much better job of whoever goes job in the tamil film abhishek bachan also made kele hum ji janse which is a movie that we discussed at length with our friend maria but did you like it samrat i didn't see it i do want to see it i've not been able to drag myself to see that film there is an ennui that set in in me against watching films from you know ashutosh kavarakar he is a decent director who just doesn't know when to enter a scene and when to exit it i'm still going to watch it but kind of scared you should be <laughs> i wish i could say he'd learn better but he hasn't let's move on to the unusuals ishkia for example so ishkia is my favorite film of the year i liked it more than any film i watched this year including pan baja barat which i raved about just recently one of the best films i have seen in the past 10 years even it was so competently made it was so confidently made. the characters were interesting it explored a very interesting point in uh, the indian rural scene it went in crazy different places the actors just worked so well together and the movie is gorgeous i'm i'm sorry for being overly enthusiastic about that film but i just love that film to bits each and every single shot of that film is absolutely a pleasure to see nasir is finally doing a film that he's having fun in and which is a good film mm. arshad's playing to his strengths vijay balan's doing the whole smoldering sultry woman thing which he seems to do really well so you know, i can't find fault with the film except for the way it ended the ending's fine really but the one lingering question that was in my head throughout the film was where did the police go there's lots of shooting going on and then they blow the place up and can walk down the road other than that i think it was hands down one of the best films coming out this year i think it was george clooney who said movie making is basically a matter of luck in that sometimes everything just comes together and fires together and everybody is just on point and when that happens you have a great movie and that's what ishkia was to me you have all these people who are sometimes good or sometimes not in other movies and vidya balan <laughs> again you know she can do the, the sexy sari clad indian woman bit really well but it could also be in movies like pa where she's also infuriating at the same time and this is a movie in which everything just came together and everybody was perfect and everybody just played off each other and the story the setting the way it was shot everything you know the songs oh my god the songs the soundtrack of this movie yeah, was really fabulous i just absolutely love it and did you like it beth yeah i did i need to see it again before i say much about it because i watched it and just kind of I thought wow for most of it and then need to rewind and do some more thinking but I really like that the characters were I feel like the people in it are a little more nuanced than or even a lot more nuanced than we tend to see and I really like that because as a viewer that gives you scope to kind of reconsider what's going on and think about what you're seeing and try to figure 
out what it is that you know and don't know about these people and all. And I, I just like that it's a more complicated viewing experience. I appreciate that challenge and that engagement from the people who made the film. Well, of the performances, in a film that's ostensibly about other teams, about family and exploring teams of isolation and, and greed and so on, Satya Balan found a sweet spot, didn't she? She played almost every kind of classical lover female character mm-hmm. where in, in front of all three of the men she's with. India's Oscar nominee is Deeply Life, which is an interesting movie, but the thing that struck me about that movie was that even before it had released, people were talking about how it's going to the Oscars, and perhaps I couldn't enjoy it as much because of it, because of the whole Amir Khan is our great Oscar hope complex. Do you know, like in the last year, I've just gotten really tired of him. <laughs> I don't know what happened, because I, I tend to like his movies, actually, and then I saw Gajani, which I didn't like, and then just more and more that... Has Gajani not kind of put an end to the whole discussion about whether Amir Khan is an intelligent actor who's going to do movies that'll win Oscars? That's how I feel about it, yeah. Point to Gajani. Whenever someone says, you know, oh, Amir Khan's awesome, point to Gajani. <laughs> you can be not the guy who makes the films that are going to the Oscars and still be really enjoyable and interesting and all those things, and I don't feel like he's doing that either. And there's just this, again, this sort of strain under, over, around, and through, you know, everything that I hear in connection with him and this just sort of punch you in the face earnestness that is really tiresome all of a sudden. To me, because he wasn't in People Live, I was kind of divorced from the whole politics of Amir Khan being this awesome chap, and I could enjoy the film for what it was, <laughs> and I liked it. So People Live would make my top ten of the year easily. It is not as good as Ishkia. It isn't even as good as Ben Bajabarat, maybe. I think the themes were strong. I think the big mistake people made related to the advertising of the film were they kept on calling it a satire. It wasn't a satire. It wasn't. It was a straight-up film that showed things as they were. It was a very angry film, honestly, the way I saw it. It was a very angry film that had some really angry things to talk about, about how things are so wrong in some places of the country. It had no intention of being a satire, and I don't think people related to the marketing had any business calling it a satire. I did like it when I saw it finally, but, you know, Amir Khan is kind of like the Jehovah's Witness of Indian cinema. He's just come to save us all, and he knows the truth, and now he wants us all to know it as well. And it's just, it's so completely tiring, and it's tiresome. And he was giving interviews all over LA about how India doesn't do satires, and it doesn't understand a satire, and this is the first satire that India's ever done, or some such shit. Oh, boo! <laughs> and I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Has he not seen Jane Bidayaro? Does he not know <laughs> movies in India? What? <laughs> and he was like, you know, uh, this is a big thing for Indians because we've never seen anything like this before. And I was just like, you have got to be kidding me. And and of course, they're like, you know, oh, here's a huge star, Amir Khan, you know, Lagan, blah, blah, blah. And he's telling us that, you know, Indians know about anything about satire and this is completely new. And every single review that I read of that movie was like, you know, in the first for India, people lie with a satire about blah, blah, blah. And I was just, it's things like that that kind of hold me back from embracing it, which I think is possibly a disservice to the movie itself because that's an excellent point that you made there, Samrat, that this is a very angry film. I couldn't put my finger on it, but that's exactly, that sums it up perfectly, I think. I probably would have loved it a great deal more if Amir Khan had shut up a bit more about it. Amir Khan, if you're listening to this podcast, shut up about your movies. They're perfectly decent. This was Masala Zindabad, the podcast that ought to have been a book. Join us next time for part 
part two of our review of the movies of 2010 with Samrat Kurma.